You know, we hear it said a whole lot of times that we don't go by feelings. But aren't you glad that God put feelings in us? I am. Amen. Amen. It's so good to see you here today. So good to be in the house of God. For those of you that may be first-time visitors, we're so glad you decided to come here today. I'm Pastor Perry. I'm one of the ministers here at the church. And uh, Pastor Michael is here somewhere in the building. He was sitting right up front the first service. And uh, it's just always a privilege to stand here. I've been preaching for many, many years now, and I never take it for granted. Somebody asked me one time, one of the young ministers, they were getting coming out, and they said, I'm so nervous. I'm so nervous. I, I don't know how you do it, Pastor Barry. How do you stay so calm? If you were in my shoes for almost 50 years now, uh, every time I step in the pulpit, I'm as nervous as a cat in a room full of rocking chairs, I'm telling you. It's like, you know, and I, and I said this, the first time I'm no longer nervous is the day I resign and quit because I get to share the word of God with you. And that is such an awesome responsibility and privilege. So it is so good. Those watching online today, maybe you're hitting that last beach day before the summer ends. Oh my gosh, it's almost here. And uh, I haven't even put my feet in the ocean yet this year. Uh, that, that's like terrible. Uh, but uh, those watching online, so glad you joined in today. We have been going over a series for the last few weeks on the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to be concluding the messages on the Holy Spirit. And then we're going to start a new series called You Ask For It. I believe that's the next one in line. And that is the different topics that you would like to hear about. And we've been discussing them in staff meeting and things. A couple of them are real doozies. I mean, we're going to talk about things like the end times and some other uh, topics each week. And it should be, uh, should be interesting. I'm looking forward to it. And I know Pastor Michael has been studying and doing his research and everything else on that. But today I'm going to conclude the series on the Holy Spirit. And let's start by just going over our, our text. And the word says this in John 16, 7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage. This is Jesus speaking. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go away, I will send him to you. The King James says, the comforter uh, will come. The word in the Greek is the word paraclete. And my mind, I can remember that word without writing it down because it always makes me think of a bird. But paraclete, uh, which means the one called along beside you to help. So the helper is a, is a good definition. Jesus said, I'm going away. And the Comforter, the Holy Spirit, is going to come and he's going to be with you. And he's going to be in you. So today, in this earth realm, it's the Holy Spirit that's moving throughout the world. It's the Holy Spirit that's moving in your life and in my life. And what I want to talk about today is uh, maybe some of the misconceptions about the Holy Spirit. Uh, I was raised in a Pentecostal church, and I thank God for my Pentecostal upbringing. I really do. There are some wonderful people. 
And sometimes there's some not so wonderful people. I'm sure it's the same way in the Methodist and the Baptist and everything else. Um, but sometimes in the Pentecostal church, and again, I love my heritage, but sometimes we sought after the function, not the function, the, the reaction to the Holy Spirit more than we actually sought the Holy Spirit. What are you saying? We sought after the jumping, the dancing, the running, the, the, the loudness, the speaking in tongues. We sought that instead of seeking the Lord himself because it's more than just a reaction. And what I want to talk about today is something that gets misunderstood. You hear preachers say it a lot. The Lord told me to, you know, fill in the blank. The Lord told me to share this word with you. The Lord told me to take up an extra offering. The Lord told me 10 people are going to give $100. The Lord told me that, you know, blah, blah, blah. And sometimes it might be the Lord. Sometimes it might not be the Lord. But what about when the Lord speaks to you and I? How do we know it's the Lord? Well, what I'm going to talk about today is just, just a handful of ways the Lord speaks to us. It's not the only way, but it's just a few of the ways, what I would call, that I've seen the Lord move in my life. So we're going to go through this. And if you would allow me, I know I get a little preachy most times. Today, I kind of want to step back a little bit. And if you would, don't mind, I'd like to be a little more teachy today, if that's a word. No, it's not. If I got an English teacher here, no, it's not. Well, I'm going to be it anyway, okay? I've got the microphone. So <laughs> one of the first ways, and, and again, it can get so misunderstood because especially those of us in the pulpit, we can say things about the Lord speaking to us. And if we're not careful, those of you sitting out there might say, well, I'm not a preacher. The Lord never speaks to me. The Lord speaks to all of us. And that's what I want to get across today. It's just us understanding how he does it. So one of the ways that the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit speaks to us is he speaks through an inner witness. And if I just left you at that, you might go out of here and say, what in the world is an inner witness? Well, let's start with this. The scripture says in Luke 17, 21, for indeed, the kingdom of God is within you. The kingdom of God is within you. If you're born again, the Holy Spirit resides within you. We've learned also that there is a baptism in the Holy Spirit. That's a whole other thing. Uh, but, but everybody who is born again, it's the Holy Spirit that convicts you of sin. It's the Holy Spirit that, that encourages you. It's the Holy Spirit that gives you peace. It's the Holy Spirit that is operating in our lives right now. And he speaks with this inner witness. Jesus said the kingdom of God's within you. That means that everything you need to succeed as a Christian is already inside of you. Now there's some things that you need to relate to it. You need to pray, you need the word of God in your heart, you need all of those things, but everything you need to exist, to, to succeed, God has placed that ability within you through the Holy Spirit. In our spirit, in other words, is the wisdom of God, we just have to be able to listen to it. And the Holy Spirit will communicate to us in such a way that there is an inter, inner knowing 
that comes. Follow along with me a little bit. The spirit-filled believer, you know, in the spirit-filled believers, we walk in a supernatural peace. And this peace comes from the Holy Spirit. And one of the ways God speaks to us, the Holy Spirit speaks to us, when we're getting ready to do something we shouldn't do, or he doesn't think is good for us, we will lose that peace, or there'll be a disruption of that peace. Like, man, something just feels off here. And if we recognize the Holy Spirit and we're in tune with him, we'll realize that he's disrupting that peace, and it becomes a clear indicator that something is off. The Word of God tells us in Colossians, and let the peace of God rule. Everybody say rule. Oh, that was weak. Gee whiz. Let's say it again. Everybody say rule. A little better. Mm. Okay, I'll move on. I won't scold you. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called to the one in one body, and be thankful. Let the peace of God rule. One of the ways the Holy Spirit leads us is that inner witness or that peace that we get from following God. And when we're not following in the right direction, we lose that peace or it becomes scrambled or, or, or mixed up. That word rule, let the peace of God rule, in the Greek, the word is, I'm probably saying it wrong, uh, brabio, which means to act as an umpire. Let peace act as an umpire in your life. So, so how do we do that? Well, where there's no peace, maybe it's not God's will for us to be going this direction. Let peace rule your heart as an umpire, and peace will help assure that you're walking in the will of God. If it's disrupted, it could very well be the Holy Spirit alerting you that something is just not right. And let me tell you this. I've learned from trial and error on this. When I can't get peace about something that I'm trying to do or wanting to do, maybe it's a new venture, maybe it's something uh, a, a little bit different, I can't get peace about it. We should never move forward with anything in our lives without that inner witness of peace. And this is one of the ways that the Holy Spirit speaks to us. I remember years ago, a guy approached me and he offered me employment. And he was talking, uh, uh, Christian guy, he was talking big money, working for this nonprofit. And you can make a lot of money doing this. And I'd like you to partner with me. And we, we've got it all laid out. And it's, it's already started. And I just want you to come on board. And you can still have time to do all your church activities. You'll be making a difference in this world. And he kept repeating. And make a lot of money. And you'll be able to put a lot of money aside. And I looked at what he was doing. And it looked like, man, this looks like really big, really big. And, and, and I was like, really, I was like this close to jumping at that opportunity. And all of a sudden when I was praying, man, I couldn't sleep. I couldn't eat, which for me is something. I was like all messed up inside. It was just, there was no peace. And finally, I just said to the guy, you know what? I appreciate it. Thank you for the offer, but I can't get any peace about this. I have to move on. It wasn't that many months later that the whole thing fell apart. 
Not only did the whole thing fall apart, but the guy's personal life fell apart. His marriage ended. His kids wouldn't speak to him. It was a mess. The guy was corrupt. And it was just like, ooh, thank you, God, for that inner witness that said, don't step foot into this. That peace. God didn't speak to me at that time and say, no. It's just that peace of God was not there. So listen, understand when you're praying about things, look, look, you know, how, what's it? I'm not talking about you're getting ready to venture something new. There's always that little bit of anxiety. There's always that little chance like, hmm, but I'm talking about a spiritual peace. Amen. Thank you for that. Number two, the Holy Spirit speaks through revelation. He speaks through revelation. Revelation of the word of God is priceless. It is our victory. In Proverbs 29, 18, it says, where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. Where there's no revelation, the people cast off restraint. When you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, again, coming from a Pentecostal heritage, the, the, the apex of being spirit-filled was speaking in tongues. When actually, that's just the springboard to so many things God has for you. Matter of fact, to me, the ultimate test is if you're filled with the Holy Spirit. Jesus said that when he went away, he's going to send the comforter, but he told the disciples to tarry in Jerusalem until they be endued with power from on high. And he said, when you get that, you shall be witnesses. To me, one of the proofs of the Holy Spirit in your life is, are you making a difference in the kingdom of God? Are you winning people to the Lord? Okay, I mean, hey, look, I believe in all the gifts of the Spirit and everything else, but I, I, I want a church full of people that win people to the Lord. That's a test of, the, uh, of walking in the Holy Spirit. Many people reach a certain point and that's it. See, you begin to understand when you get revelation from the Lord, you begin to understand what the Word of God is all about. It's like the blinders have been taken off of your eyes and you can see in the Scripture things that you never understood before. To me, the Bible, before I got saved and I had the Holy Spirit living within me, the Bible was just a bunch of words. I tried to read it a couple of times before I was saved. And I got to be honest, it was gibberish to me didn't mean anything. But once I got the Lord and the Holy Spirit dwelling within me, I could open the Word of God, and it made sense. I don't know if you experienced that or not, but I've experienced that. Things that were right before my eyes all along, I could now see them. Scripture says, Psalm 119, open my eyes that I may see the wondrous things from your law. Open my eyes. Let's go through this. The word open, gala, it means to make known, to reveal, to show, to uncover. And this says eyes, but remove ear coverings. That's because the word eyes means the physical eye, but also the mental and physical faculties. It's what it says here is, Lord, and this is a good thing to do when, you, when you're reading your Bible. The good thing to do is ask the Lord, Lord, open my eyes. When you're hearing, listening to the word of God being preached, open my ears. 
Open my senses that I can experience. You know, I got to tell you, they were singing that last, all of the songs, but especially the last song. I thank God again for feelings because I could feel the presence of God here. You know, how do you feel the presence of God? When you open up your eyes, when you open up your faculties, you can understand the word of God much more. And one of the things about opening the ears up in the previous one, it literally means, now remember back in the day, you know, women and men had long hair. And a lot of them had robes with like the hood. It's like Mike, Michael with his, Pastor Michael with his hoodies, you know. And just picture them going that. And that literally means to push everything away from your ears so that you can hear I got to tell you, one of the biggest hindrances to the word of God, us hearing what God has for us, we fill our ears and our eyes with everything but the word of God. You know, we spend all of our time on our phone or we're listening to this or we're watching television. We're doing a thousand different things and we never get a time to push everything aside and listen to the Holy Spirit. One of my best times of the day I don't do it every day, but a lot of mornings I like to come to the church before anybody else gets here. You know, just it's, it's mostly just, just me here. And that's not to say I'm better than somebody else because I don't like to stay as late as some people stay. You know, I, I want to get home. And so, but there's a lot of days I'm here and it's right by myself. And man, I can walk up and down these aisles and pray and seek the Lord and be in the, just me and God and boy, I can open the word of God. I'll sit on a chair sometimes and strain my eyes because it's low lighting in here. But I'll, I've even brought a flashlight in before that I stole out of the usher's closet and, <laughs> and, and sit and read. And I got to tell you, when everything else is put aside, I can hear God. I can hear him when I read the word of God speaking to me. So push things out of the way. And then the last part, it says, so I can see your wondrous, so your wondrous law, that wondrous law means the things that are difficult to understand. You see, when we open our ears and we open our eyes and we see the things of God, we start to understand that God wants us to understand the things we didn't understand before. One of my favorite scriptures in the Bible, Jeremiah 33 and 3, says, Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. That means hidden things. You know, we need to get our ears open because revelation, God wants to show us something. All of a sudden, listen, this can be in your spiritual life. It can be in your business that God can give you revelation on how to do something. This wisdom of God and the Holy Spirit illuminates the word of God to us. A scripture that you may have read a hundred times when you, when, when you open your eyes and really read it, God can give you revelation and all of a sudden that scripture makes sense and it helps you in your next step. You know, uh, I, I believe in revelation. My wife gets more revelation than I do. She just, she just does. I, I you know, she's, she's always been a better studier than me. She has been a better prayer than me. She's definitely better looking than me. Uh, but we, we, we had a strange beginning, uh, Penny and I. Uh, we met on opposite, well, not met, we had met, but we got to know each other on opposite sides of double dates. She was dating some bum and they broke up. Uh, <laughs> a friend of mine which tells you I was a bum too. Uh, but uh, 
She was dating, he was a Christian guy. She was dating a, a friend of mine and I was dating a friend of hers. And uh, one of the things in, in my life, I had so many insecurities and such a struggle with rejection and things like that, that in my life, I always had to have a girlfriend. Not because I'm all that, but because I'm not all that. And I would have one girlfriend and then another girlfriend. And sometimes just to be sure, I would start the next girlfriend before I finished this girlfriend. It was a family trait. And the girl that I was dating before Penny, she was a Christian girl. And we broke up. And I remember just really being like messed up over it. And I went to the church and I prayed. Because I would just fall head over heels over a girl like that. And I went to my church, and I went in. Back then, you didn't have to lock doors and all of that. And I, one afternoon, I just laid out before the Lord in front of the altar. And I prayed, and I sought God, and I prayed, and I wept, and I cried. And it's like the Lord just finally revealed to me, you know what? If you would seek after me half as much as you seek after girls, your life would change. And I declared that day, Lord, I am not going to date another girl. I don't care. I don't care if it's years. I don't want a woman. I want you, God. And I declared that. I did. And Penny just kept hanging out. She would come to my softball games. She'll deny this, but I know it's true. She mysteriously would need a ride home from the softball game. And if a bunch of kids were going out to eat pizza, you know, we would pile in a car and somehow she always ended up either snugged up next to me or on my lap. And that you didn't have seatbelts back then. You just piled 10 kids in a car. I don't understand. And one day I'm like looking at her and she's getting ready to leave for college and I wasn't going to go right away. And she's leaving for college and I took her out to dinner, a nice dinner. <laughs> yes, Lord. <laughs> I can see you there for a second. And uh, <laughs> anyway, long story short, I take her to dinner. I take her to the, to the state fair, spend a lot of money on her. And all of a sudden, I'm like, God, I told you I didn't need a woman, but look at that woman. You know? <laughs> Whoa. And... We fell in love, and in about two weeks' time, she left to go to college. And she goes down to college in Tennessee, hundreds of miles away, no cell phones back then. I would call the hallway phone and maybe get her once a week. And she's down there with all these good-looking guys, college guys. And she was having a struggle because she's got all of these guys hitting on her. And Perry is back in Delaware, and she's in Tennessee. And one night, she's, I mean, you know, it was difficult, I'm sure. One night, she went to the prayer room in her dorm, and she's praying about us, her and I. I didn't know this, but she's praying. And she's seeking the Lord, and she doesn't know, and she's confused, and she's impatient. Like, I, I mean, you know, he's not here, they're here, I love him, but, uh, uh, and she picks up a roll of toilet paper because they had run out of Kleenexes. 
in the prayer room and people had brought some rolls of toilet paper and somebody wrote this scripture on the toilet paper that she picked up. Hebrews 10, 36. For ye have need of patience. <laughs> Her, not me. <laughs> For you have need of patience and after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. <laughs> I was a promise delivered on a roll of toilet paper. <laughs> 45 years later, we still love each other and are happy, happily married after that. Yeah. You know what that is? She had probably read that scripture dozens of times. But this time, the revelation of God came. It became the rhema word of God, not just the logos, the written word of God. It came alive. The scripture says, let me move on here. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, the Holy Spirit, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you of the things to come. Jesus told us that the Holy Spirit would be the teacher that would lead us into truth, into all truth. Do you really, do you, does anybody here have that one smart person in your life, really smart person? Now, some of you are saying me. No, that's not me. But my oldest son, he's like brilliant, unbelievable. He just started a new job. He's a professor at Missouri State University. And... Uh, he is Dr. Little Perry. Uh, so, uh, uh, but one of his hobbies is plants. And I can't tell you different times I've seen my wife take her phone out and take a picture of a plant and say, hey, listen, um, what is this plant? And send it to him. And he'll say, oh, this is a blah, blah, blah. And it grows blah, blah, blah. And it comes up blah, blah, blah. And it is poisonous to dogs or cats. We don't, any cats in the neighborhood bring, no, uh, anything else. Don't hate on me, I'm playing, okay? But he's just got that mind. Well, I can tell you what, compared to, the, you know, the Holy Spirit is a billion times smarter than that. And if we would allow him, he will speak wisdom into our lives in any situation. You have the teacher living inside of you that wants to teach you truth. And he will speak through our spiritual senses. Just like you have, you know, the five natural senses. You can see, you can hear, you can taste, you can touch, you can smell. In the spiritual, you have the same thing. Have you ever gone into an environment or left an environment and, and, and that place just left a bad taste in your mouth? You know, it's like, man, something's wrong here. Something's just, it's just not right. It leaves that bad taste. Your spirit is tasting that environment. The Holy Spirit is warning you that something is not right. And you need to use that spiritual taste, that spiritual sense. The revelation that God will give you. I'm going to share this, and some of you might think I'm crazier than normal. Years ago, I, I was in the denomination, and I was appointed to a church. Uh, we went there, uh, Penny and I, we had two kids at the time. With our four, the total attendance of the church was like 22. And it had been that way for a long time. We thought the church was just a young church and getting going. The fact was it had been around for decades. 
And it was just, it was horrible. When I got there, on my desk was a foreclosure notice, a water cut off, an electricity cut off, a phone cut off, all of these notices on the desk. Well, God helped us. We paid everything, got everything up going. The church grew a little bit, and then it stalled out. And again, I hit the altar and I started praying one day by myself in the church, crying out to God, Lord, did I make a mistake by coming here? Lord, maybe I shouldn't have done this. Maybe I shouldn't do that. And the building was old and and we knew it was limited, but we didn't have enough funds to build a new one. And I started praying and after maybe two or three hours of prayer, and I don't do that that often, folks. But I'm weeping. I'm just thinking, uh, maybe I'm not even called to preach. I don't know. Every, all these doubts come in. And as I'm praying, I got a revelation of the problem. The Holy Spirit revealed to me. And I know if you were beside me, you probably wouldn't have seen it. But I look over my shoulder and I see in my, in my spirit, in my mind, this creature running up and down the chairs. Ugly thing. And I just said, Lord, it scared the daylights out of me. You know, and I, for a second I went, what? And I realized God was just showing me something, a revelation. And God said, that creature is gossip. And it's running in and out of the chairs of your church. And that's why your church will never grow. Because gossip is there. And I took authority over gossip and I prayed and I said, in the name of Jesus, you have no right here. You have to depart. And after a few minutes of prayer and screaming and everything else, I saw, again, it was a vision. It was a revelation. It ran out the door. That Sunday morning, I told the church, be here tonight. We've got a meeting to decide where we go as a church or whether we're going to lock the doors. And everybody gathered and I stood up front And I shared that story with them. And I said, here's what we're going to do. You've got one minute. If you have been an ear to gossip and you have listened to it, maybe you didn't contribute, but you listened to it. Or maybe you repeated it. Or maybe you originated it. You've got one minute to repent. If not, I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit next to give me your name and I'll write it on the overhead projector. That's how long ago it was. (laughs) Everybody but one family repented. People started getting up out of their seats, openly crying and wailing and repenting and sobbing and clear, everything else. The one family eventually left the church and met with nothing but tragedy after that. It was so sad, broke my heart. But you know what happened? A few months later, a businessman came to me and he said, I want to buy your land. I said, no, I want to buy your land. No, I want to buy your land. No, I want to buy your land. No. He took me out to dinner in his Jaguar. He took me out places, nice places to eat. All of that, I kept saying no. I didn't feel it. I didn't feel that peace I spoke about. One day I come to my office and I spit it out of my mouth before I even knew it. I said, okay, one condition. Find me a place within five miles of where I'm at. I want twice as much property. I want a building built on it twice as big as what we've got. I want it turnkey. I want to be able to walk in the door and have church. And I want 10 grand for my trouble. Not for me, for the church. The next day, the architect showed up at my office and we planned the new church. Within a few months, we exchanged the property and I received a a building worth over a million dollars, debt-free. Our church went from 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 to over 100, up to 150 people. God started moving. Revelation. Is that going to happen for you? I don't know. But maybe God can give you a revelation of why you're having problems with your kid. 
Maybe it can give you a revelation of why your marriage is struggling. Maybe it can give you a revelation of why your business is sputtering around. Maybe if you start seeking God, he can give you revelation. The next thing is, let me, uh, there you go. Sometimes these computers don't always work the way you want them to work. There we go. The Holy Spirit will speak through your spiritual senses. What do you mean he'll speak through your spiritual senses? That just what I talked about there, all of those things, you can see it. The Holy Spirit will speak through spiritual vision. Spiritual vision, the Holy Spirit gives us visions and images. A picture is worth a thousand words. Visions of the Holy Spirit come through our imagination. You might see a picture sometimes when you're praying for people of a hurtful word that was said over them. And you speak that out and you're like, how in the world did they know that? I've told you the story before. When, I, when, we, when we left the denomination, I had the leader of the denomination point his finger at me and said, if you leave us, you will never amount to anything. Your ministry will be a failure and you will have nothing but a ministry of condemnation for the rest of your life. You will fail at everything. That's what was pronounced over me. I was so broken. We attended a church. You had, we had Pastor Harvell here uh, just a... Uh, uh, a couple of weeks ago, or a few weeks ago, and he preached. He may not even know this story, but we snuck into the back of his church one Sunday when they were still in a school building, and I was all this broken. I was a mess. I was terrible. I was receiving those things that were bounced over me. He called for a, a people to come up for prayer, and I couldn't help it. I found myself at the altar. He laid his hands on me and he spoke. And the words he said were, I come against every curse that was pronounced over your life. Every evil thing that was said over you. Every pronouncement of failure. Every pronouncement of inadequacy. I break that bond in the name of Jesus. And I'm standing here today because of that. That, that, that spiritual vision. That Paul had that. And a vision appeared to Paul that night. A man from Macedonia stood and pleaded with them, saying, come over to Macedonia, help us. Now, after he had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them. And he went and did it. You may see any of those things, but when you do, God is going to reveal things to you. It's very important for us to, to realize that. I had a vision right before that building, that we exchanged the building, right before that happened, when we were praying, we had a time period from the time the gossip thing happening, and right before that guy made me the offer for the building. I woke up in the middle of the night, I had this dream, this vision that Penny was pregnant. Not a little bit pregnant, I'm talking about ready to burst pregnant. It was so real, I reached over and put my hand on her stomach. And she slapped my hand. I went back to sleep and the Lord just showed me. He said, it's not you, it's the church that's pregnant. And it's getting ready to give birth. It's getting ready to give birth. And it was just a few weeks after that, that this offer came to buy and do all of that stuff for our church building. I got news for you, I believe in this. You don't have to. Stick your nose up and just say, I don't believe any of that stuff. That's all right. God showed me some things about true life. And <laughs> when the time's right, you know, pastor will say, yeah, Pastor Perry said that, you know. And some of it we see already God doing. 
So listen, the Holy Spirit will speak that way, but the Holy Spirit also speaks through inspired ideas. All of a sudden, you have a solution to the problem that you've been praying for. It seems like it comes out of nowhere, but it proves to be the Holy Spirit. It's different from your own ideas. It comes from the wisdom of God. The Holy Spirit doesn't force you to do anything, but it will guide you into all truth. I'm so glad that the Holy Spirit spoke to our pastors when they were down in Florida and said, we ought to build, a, you know, there ought to be a church like this up in the Delaware, Maryland area. You've heard Pastor Michael say it. He looked at Amanda and said, yeah, you're right. Somebody ought to do that. <laughs> and in a short time after, he got the message that, hey, it would be a great idea. Thank you, Jesus, that you spoke that to them. If you're a businessman and you're up against the wall, pray for God to give you uh, an idea. Penny and I pray this, Lord, give us new and witty ideas. And the Lord will do those things for you. The fifth thing, we're just about done. The Holy Spirit speaks through spiritual discernment. Spiritual things must be spiritually discerned. The natural mind can't comprehend the things of the Spirit. You just, you just can't. The scripture says it this way. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them, because they are not spiritually discerned. Listen, we are in a battle, but it's not against flesh and blood. And we need our information coming from a spiritual source. To spiritually discern anything, though, you must know the Word of God. Because everything the Holy Spirit tells you will be confirmed in the Word of God. If it's not in the Word of God or if it's contrary to the Word of God, it's not God. Amen. I heard one. The more we have relationship with the Word, the more we recognize the Holy Spirit when He speaks. This is the only basis for discerning truth from error. If God is telling you to do something and it's in violation to His Word, don't do it. Because it's not God telling you. If you hear this thing telling you not to do something that God has told us to do in his word, then you need to be doing it. Once you have a solid foundation in the word, then the word comes alive on the inside of you and you can discern good from evil. The word says this, but solid food belongs to those that are of full age. That is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. I, I, I look up a lot of things in the Greek and Hebrew and stuff. This one was kind of funny. I didn't say this in the first service. But it's talking about being able to receive the things of God. And that word exercise, it, it means to compete naked. <laughs> and I thought, I don't know if you know it, but the early Olympics, the Olympians ran the races naked because they didn't want anything slowing them down. And I thought, you know, when I hear from God, the most is when I'm spiritually naked before him. I got so many things going on in life, so many things that slow me down, so many things, so many voices coming out of different areas, that when I get raw with God and just say, Lord, it's just me, here's my faults, here's my blemishes, here's my freckles. 
Here's everything, God. I'm before you. That's when I hear from God. That's when I hear from him the most. So listen, this discernment that I'm talking about, you're not sure why you feel that way. You just do. Sometimes you don't know. And you're not sure why. Or sometimes God gives you something. There have been times raising kids that were like, no, you're not hanging out with them. Oh, but mom. No. Mm -mm. No. Dad, can you talk to... No, if mom says she doesn't feel right about it, no. You're not going to that concert. You're not going to that place. You're not going to do this. You are going to do this. (laughs) You know, we, we had a rule, you know, Okay, unless you're really sick, you're going to church. I'm sick. Show me the bag of vomit, and then I'll let you stay home. You know, not like oh, I'm not feeling good. Can Billy come over and play this afternoon? No, you're going to church. Listen, there's things you just listen to the Holy Spirit when He's telling you not to do something. The last thing is this. The Holy Spirit speaks through an audible voice. That freaks some of you out too. You may suddenly hear something in your spirit, audible only to you. You hear it as clearly as if someone were standing next to you speaking, even nobody is speaking to you. You just feel it, it burns inside of you. This doesn't happen every day. It's not an everyday occurrence, but God wants to speak to you. We see this in in the book of Samuel and... uh, I'm just going to, I'm not going to read it. I'm just going to tell you the story. It's quicker. You can read it. First Samuel 3. Uh, Samuel's young boy, he's like interning under Eli, the priest. And in the middle of the night, Samuel hears his name called Samuel. He gets up, he runs to Eli because he must be the one calling him. I'm here. What do you want? Eli said, I didn't call you. Go back to bed, boy. Second time, Samuel. He gets up out of bed, runs to Eli's room. Eli. You called me. No, I didn't. Go back to sleep. Third time, Samuel. Eli, I mean, yeah, Samuel gets up, runs to Eli. This time, Eli says, whoa, somebody's speaking to him. It's not me. We're the only two here. The Lord's speaking to the boy. Okay, go back to bed. And if he calls you again, just say, I'm here. Your servant here is listening. He goes back, and I find it kind of interesting. Samuel, like, I mean, Eli three times. I didn't call you. I didn't call you. I didn't. Oh, wait a minute. And then the, third, the fourth time that God calls, God actually maybe is getting a little tired. He goes, Samuel, Samuel. Kind of like when I was a kid. When mom would say, there was Perry, there was Perry, and then there was Perry Gerald Mears. I knew I better listen. And Samuel says, here I am. That's the audible voice of God. A lot of us don't hear that all the time. But when we do, we need to be aware that God speaks to us. And you hear this voice. And this voice speaks and it gives instruction. It gives instruction. It gives correction. It gives encouragement. Alex, come on out. I don't know if you know this about about Alex and sometimes Kevin does this. But they stand there with a microphone. You ever hear Alex singing through the microphone? I said this first thing, pastor said I could say it. I've heard Alex sing. I've heard he sing a lot of different styles. 
I remember the screamo days. <laughs> he doesn't have a sucky voice. But he plays pretty good bass back here. They'd rather have him on bass. Matter of fact, if you play the bass, <laughs> he'd like a break every once in a while. But what he's doing, he's instructing the whole worship team. Michaela just can't make it without him up here, you know? So I just want him to turn his mic on and just pretend you're in the middle of worship service. The whole band is up here. And go ahead and take it away, Alex. This is what you, she's got a little thing in her ear. All of them do. But we're, we're not listening to that. He's going over that main house. This is what you don't hear on a Sunday. Michaela, you can go ahead and add a little pad with that piano. I hope you're ready. Pastor Perry's preaching this morning, so you're going to be up here for a while. So just don't lock your knees. <laughs> At the end of the service, Pastor Michael's going to come up. So I don't know what he's going to sing, but we all know he's going to start singing. So just kind of stay on your toes. And then if we could go back into that cool bass part, my wife's here and I want her to think I'm cool. Good job. All right, thanks, Alex. <laughs> I told him, I said, if you want to, bring Evan up. <laughs> Let him play the guitar and just say to him, Evan, there's some young chick out there looking at you. you know? <laughs> but I think he would turn more red than the piano there. I love that kid. The audible voice of God. I'm going to tell you real quick. I didn't do this first service. I'm still, I'm going to take you about maybe three, four minutes over. The first time I ever heard the audible voice of God, well, maybe this, the second time, where it was loud and clear to me. If you were standing beside it, you probably wouldn't have heard it, but that's how the Holy Spirit had to get through to me. Uh, some of you have heard this story, but I either make up new ones or tell old ones. Um, as a young pastor, I'd been, to, I'd been to school. I knew all the ins and outs, how to do this, how to do that on paper. I knew God had called me to pastor. There's an old gentleman in our church. His name was Earl. Earl had terminal cancer. And at the end of his life, he didn't have a lot of family around to help him out. And he was in hospice care at the hospital. And his wife was getting wore out. She would stay every night. So I told her, I said, okay, I'll stay every other night. You stay a night and I'll stay a night. And they had the recliner in there. And right toward the end of his life, maybe a day left, in the middle of the night, I get woke up. I hear Earl. He can't talk anymore, but he's moaning and he's, he's just like, and I go over there. And about the time I heard that, they had code blue, room this. Two or three minutes later, code blue. They had three code blues. If you don't know what that means, it means somebody's dying. Three of them on that floor. And I go over to Earl, and Earl had soiled himself very badly. And I'm trying to get a nurse, and that it's vacant. Everybody's in these rooms. And he's crying because he knows what he... So I decided I'm going to try to clean him up. And in the middle of it, it happened again. And I get it all over me I mean my arms my nurses God bless you the job you do you'd never get enough thanks and I'm there 
and I'm tired. This has gone on for six weeks. I'm exhausted. I am so mad at this point. And I just started spewing things out of my mouth that were not what a pastor should say. No, I wasn't cussing. But I said, God, I'm sick and tired of this. I am a minister of the gospel and I'm cleaning crap off of this old man. And I got his crap all over me. And I'm fussing. (laughs) And I don't lose it that often, but I lost it. So proud of myself. And I no more than got that out of my mouth. And it, the little loudspeakers that you hear everything in the rooms, I heard as clear as a bell. For when you do this unto the least of these, my brethren, you do it unto me. Perry, you're not cleaning crap off of Earl, you're cleaning it off of me. Needless to say, (laughs) I could have crawled through a crack in the floor at that point. I dropped to my knees. I repented. I held up hands that were filthy. And I started crying out to God to forgive me. I got up. I cleaned myself up. I cleaned Earl up. I did it with a song in my heart. I kissed him on the forehead, asked him to forgive me. I don't know if he understood or not. And I tell people, I had learned up to that point how to be a professional pastor. When the word, revelation, the audible voice and everything else came to me, that was the moment I learned to be a pastor. because it broke my heart that day. The first time I heard God speak to me, not audibly, was when my friend asked me to come to church, begged me to come to church, did everything but drag me into church. Sometimes you got to do that. You got friends that are lost and you need to realize they're lost and they're not going to heaven. My friend drugged me to church just about. And I sat in there and they were singing. You know, meeting in the air. There's going to be a meeting in the air in the sweet, sweet by and by. I'm going to meet him, meet him over there in that home beyond the sky. Such singing you will hear, never heard by mortal ear. It will be glorious, I do declare. And God's own son will be the leading one at that meeting in the air. And I thought, I see all these people singing and I'm like, well, I ain't going. And he sang another song. Not part of that either. And then the evangelist got up and spoke. And she, yes, I said she, preached the word of God and told me that God loved me. And it's like she was looking at me. And it was like, okay, there's all these people here, but God's not talking to them. Perry, he's talking to you. God loves you. When they gave the invitation, I got up out of my seat. And I had the devil on one shoulder and the Lord on the other. And I stepped out into the aisle, not knowing to that point whether I was going to make a beeline for the back door or whether I was going to go up. 
and I made a right-hand turn, and it was the right turn. About five feet or so from the altar, I actually lost my footing and fell, and I crawled the last few feet, and I gave my heart to Jesus Christ. That was the first time the Lord spoke to my heart. Would you bow your heads, please? Some of this stuff, listen, it may be new to you. It's not freaky. The audible voice in that hospital that day, no nurse heard it. Nobody else heard it. God just had to get through this hard head. It sounded audible to me. I don't care if anybody else could hear it. That's the way God got through this thick skull. Same way he got through in that altar that day. The same way he's got through to me countless times. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you've never made that commitment. Or maybe you once walked with God and you kind of turned your back on him. And you want to make a fresh start today with him. If that's you on either one of those, would you just lift your hand real quick? Anybody at all? Anybody at all in here? I just want to pray for you. I'm not going to make you crawl down to the altar out front or anything. Is there anyone this morning? If you say, Pastor, I, I've not invited the Lord to speak to me. And I need to, I, I need that God, to, I want God to speak to me. I want God to give me revelation. I want God to give me spiritual insight. I want that inner witness to let me know things. If that's you, just lift your hand real quick. Amen, amen, amen. amen. Let me pray over you. Pastor, pastor God, I thank you. You are my pastor. You're my leader. You're my director. You're my God. You're my teacher. You're my friend. You're all of that, God. Father God, I thank you. I pray, Father, that we would hear your voice in our everyday life. When we're dealing with our children, when we're dealing with our marriage, when we're dealing with our neighbors, when we're dealing, God, with our business, whatever it may be, that we would hear your voice and we would follow after it. Lord, I just praise you and thank you, God. I speak blessings in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So fill yourself up with the word of God. Ask God to reveal things to you. God has a lot of great things for you. Pastor Amanda is coming to give you some final words here. Thank you so much. God bless you.